Hey everyone, happy to have you here for another episode of Legacy Matters. Today, as usual, we will talk about whatever comes up with a slight leaning toward discussions of preserving your legacy, preparing for things to come, and sharing stories we find amusing. All right, you two, we are we are going. So, uh, hi, it's Sam and Jim. Jim. And uh, we're we're on we're doing our podcast again. You know this. That's why you turned it on. And today we have Elizabeth Emerson, who is uh, going to tell us about herself, since we don't actually know. <laughs> Never met. <laughs> yeah, That's perfect. We, we just met today. No, uh, we don't have a, any sort of a long friendship, but we met at a um, political thing mm-hmm. this Fundraiser. past fall. And you know ago. Amber, Jim's know Amber. Amber, who. Mm-hmm. Yep. Who is uh, right. not our fourth or fifth listener? She is, in fact, not a listener at all. No. So, um, we, we, let's not bag on poor Amber. No, right I would now, like right to. Right I would like to give her a hard time her over it. But it's it seems fruitless to give someone a hard time when they don't listen. Yeah, that they'll never hear. It's yeah, kind of fun. Okay. It's like a hidden hard right. time that I'm giving her, right. which is satisfying for me. Right. Since that's kind of my role in Amber's life is to give her a hard time. So now I'm. I'm doing it while she's anonymous not even, bullying. Yeah, yeah. anonymous right. bullying. I like it. Right. <laughs> Unknown mm-hmm. bullying. Yeah. So anyway, Elizabeth is here. Sorry, babe. <laughs> Elizabeth is. That here. was toward Amber. I, yeah, I recognize that. Or Sam. Um, and you are. Uh, so we met at this at this thing. That was fun. You have known Amber for a while. You. It turns out you knew my mother. Turns out. Yep. Uh, oh, well, let's hear about this. I that makes it this. sound like my mother's not with us anymore. You know my mother, but you you knew her at, in a role years ago. Correct. Well, let's get to know you a little first. Okay, so you are living in Minneapolis. How long have you lived here? I actually don't at all, so this is how well we know each other. I actually live in St. Paul. <laughs> <laughs> Listen. I'm just kidding. When you're, when you're on the west side of the river, you think of the entire metro as Minneapolis, um, which is so unfair. That is so not unfair. at all how the other side of the river <laughs> know, thinks of it. I know. I live in the capital city of Minnesota. <laughs> I know, the jaded, slighted little city. Of it's actually all super right. awesome. I love St. Paul. and uh, I, do, I don't know St. Paul at all. I never think we, we all met in, in St. Paul. Oh, we were in St. Paul? Paul. Yeah, what are you talking about? All the work that we're doing over there? Oh, yeah. That's all Highland. That's all St. Paul. That's true. Yep. Yeah, I don't know why. Uh, and I'm not from Minneapolis, so I don't have like like deep Minneapolis love or something. But everybody from Minneapolis is like, oh, that other little city over there? Yeah. We never go over there. It's yeah. a version of the anonymous bullying. So <laughs> yeah. we in St. Paul have no idea uh-huh. that you're making fun of us. Yes. Yeah. Or we well, just I, don't care. Yeah, we're revealing it. Right. No, and you shouldn't care because I love, I mean, St. Paul is a great little town. A great, nice, medium-sized town. What do you do in St. Paul besides uh, work? I've had the good... What restaurant have you gone to? Well, the Happy Gnome is, uh, you know, I, I don't go regularly, but... Oh. That um, closed. No, it didn't. You're right. It did not. No. It's still there. Oh, yeah, I was going to say. I know. I know. See, we got to test his one. relevant yeah. okay. current knowledge. <laughs> All right. So, okay. No, I had the good fortune of having some uh, a fair number of friends who live in St. Paul who have dragged me over there many times. And I'm like, I really, really like St. Paul. I think that's All the right. thing about people that live in St. Paul. They don't actually travel outside of St. Paul. No, they're... Minneapolitans tend to expand a little on their side of the river. I mean, they... Minneapolitans will drive to Wyzetta for anything, but not uh, St. Paul. Really. Or as, right. as Marty called it when he first moved here, Wayzata. 
Oh. Yeah. Lisa. Uh, and uh, nice. Matamidi was butchered heavily. Matomidi? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So That's how long have you been in St. Paul? Um, so I have been in Minnesota and St. Paul uh, for 18 years. I moved here after I graduated college. Yeah, this I is am originally kicker. from Iowa. Yeah, that's. I knew I that was coming. Went to college uh, in Michigan, go blue, and I moved to St. Paul uh, straight away after college. Nice. Have you ever lived okay. in uh, Wisconsin, North Dakota, or South Dakota? I have never taken a permanent residency in any of those okay. states. Just curious, because you're really. You got the whole whole lot of upper Midwest in you then if you've... I do. The town I grew up in is actually half, geographically half in Iowa and half in South Dakota. Okay. Oh, is it right on the border? Decorah? Is that right? Um, no. You're bad at geography. No, Terrible. it is the other corner, so near Sioux City and Sioux Falls. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sioux City and Sioux Falls. Northwest bad. Iowa. Yeah, right. I'm especially bad at uh, Iowanian so geography. So where did you go to high school? I went to high school at West Sioux High School in Hayward, in Iowa. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. We had a class of 52, mm-hmm. uh, two foreign exchange students, believe it or not. So a pretty high percentage of nice. foreign students in our graduating okay. class. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. how did you get here? Like, how was this? Yeah. What's this 18 years? Why, why 18 years in Minnesota? That's pack your so bags. And... Yeah, it started as a three-year journey. So I graduated college. I studied chemistry and Spanish, and I wanted to look for a real job. I had at that time newspapers were a thing that you did, and the internet was brand new. Mm-hmm. And there was a uh, internship advertised for Boeing. They used to have a small R and D facility out in the western suburbs, and Boeing I, had something here. Boeing, I know. Really, I didn't know that. And I wanted to go into aeronautical engineering. Was really what I wanted to do and work for NASA. So I applied for that this internship, cool. and was on a wait list for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the meantime, applied for other jobs. One of those jobs happened to be with what I read into it with my bright eyes and bushy tail was that it was a law firm that specialized in legal work for low-income individuals and I thought I was going to be uh, a law clerk there not knowing that to be a law clerk you probably should have some sort of law schooling related (laughs) things Uh, so in the kind of short period during during that short period uh, the Boeing facility shut down and my only option really was this job with legal aid society well it turns out it wasn't a job really uh it was rather public service uh, with the americorps vista program and so i got an americorps vista placement at legal aid society in south and north minneapolis which is how i met amber Uh, and i did uh, tenant organizing so the city of minneapolis had a list of uh, problem landlords that it was hoping to get those landlords and uh, contact them and encourage them to make repairs in those buildings Overlaid with my Spanish background, a lot of those buildings uh, were occupied by individuals that English wasn't their first language. Mm -hmm. So as a 22-year-old, I would go and blind knock these buildings and talk to individuals, many of whom uh, weren't citizens, uh, and talk to them about how they had consumer rights, even though they weren't citizens, and we would... Um, band their power together, form a small nonprofit, um, and then contact the landlord to get repairs in their buildings. And so we had four blocks in South Minneapolis that we targeted, uh, and we're able wow. to get repairs for those uh, buildings, yeah. which is pretty incredible. You drive down like uh, it's a little bit north of Lake and Blaisdale. And yeah, yeah, it's pretty sweet now to north of Lake and Blaisdale. It's pretty cool to look back at that. <clears throat> yeah. yeah, yeah. That's uh, so. So in the telling of that, that's. 
uh, life and legacy, right? That's the podcast. So, well, legacy matters. Wow. Now you're, you're, I didn't even know. Yeah, and yeah, there yeah, I yeah, just yeah. laid it out. Yeah, yeah. You did just. Yeah, laid you just laid out your some of your legacy. That is part of my legacy, mm-hmm. yeah. And it all occurred in Minneapolis, which is odd. Because right. I've never lived in Minneapolis. Uh-huh. Only St. Paul. <laughs> Boy, you're firm on that one, aren't yep. you? Yep. Yeah. All right, um, so what was the first day like showing up at a job like that? I mean, or, or the first week? I mean, like... But you described I mean, you it as public like, service. Totally like, are you saying you just... weren't paid to do this? So you're paid a stipend. AmeriCorps is basically a domestic peace course. You're paid a stipend. I believe my yearly stipend when I started was $7,000 a year in 2000. Yeah. Uh, you also were eligible for an education award. So a whopping like $4,000 to pay back your mountain mm-hmm. of school debt. Um, so <laughs> yeah, I, so there was a little, uh, reality that set in once I, and if you remember like back in 2000, the housing, uh, market here was crazy. So I yeah. lived in a, a uh, tiny, tiny uh, little apartment on St. Clair and Victoria in St. Paul, and it was eight hundred and fifty dollars a month for this little bed, uh, this little apartment. Uh-huh. Um, I had moved here. My boyfriend at the time was going to William Mitchell, so we lived in this little apartment. Um, I took out a credit card to pay for our groceries because also when you're doing AmeriCorps, you're not eligible to go to like public assistance. You're not allowed to use food shelves or things like that. But we were right. literally really? starving. Yeah. yeah. So like they, it's in their rules. Like yeah. if you're working for AmeriCorps, you must eat food not given to you. Yeah. Because the whole idea it. of it is that you're supposed to, Seems you know, understand the individuals that you're working with and kind of live in the same uh, within the same means that they are. And so oh. part of it is like you mm-hmm. commit to basically live in poverty for the length of your service, which was incredible. I mean, to move, I'm, like I said, from Iowa, I had taught preschool in Michigan, like uh, in Detroit, like during college. And so I had some sort of interaction with that, um, with poverty, but never mm-hmm. like I saw here. Right. And I think growing up, I always had this vision of Minnesota being like this non land of 10,000 lakes. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. things were so beautiful. And, um, it was interesting to walk into kind of the first apartment where there's a mom with like five kids and no ceiling in their bathroom and just mold dripping down right, the sides, you know? Right. And so to see that that's happening, you know, within blocks of the infamous Nicollet mall is right. like really hard to put those two pieces together for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and a good experience, I imagine in, in retrospect. Yeah, yeah. It was really difficult at the time we had, um, so the, office was around Chicago and Lake a little bit down from there but um, so a pretty big parking lot where a lot of nefarious activity would happen. Yeah, I was so, going to say, that's kind of that's like... That's a rough, rough area. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or it was, anyway. It, I don't know if it's... It, it was, yeah. for sure. So that was, um, you know, I kind of saw it all. I saw my first shooting. I saw my first, like, drug deal. Kind of all of those things as a kid growing up in kind of a lower to middle class, very, very white... Um, Experience, you know, you go to college and that sort of happens in a bubble, so you don't really, yeah. it's not really reality. Right. Um, but when that becomes your everyday reality, you just start yeah. to figure out, wow, maybe the milk the, and honey isn't right, right. <laughs> what you thought it might be. Yeah. Right. It's a little bit further away. Yeah. 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 It's not out there for everyone either. You know, there's, there's pockets of real poverty, mm-hmm. even in, even in a, city as nice as Minneapolis or St. Paul. Yeah. Well, and I think you really start to see the like generational effects, right? Um, you can help parents and they want to do the, what's best for their kids. But through that, like children don't necessarily see this, the efforts that their parents are making, what they see as the reality around them. And so, um, 
you see then those kids growing and kind of cycling into the same uh-huh. trap or situation that their parents fell in and the parents kind of are most of them are trying to do the best that they can they just don't have not even just the financial resources but just the emotional or education support like all of those things that go into it it's just really hard to right. break through that and as I a mean, 22-year-old kid, I had zero idea how to help mm-hmm. with that part. Well, but it's interesting listening to you talk, and obviously I know what you do now, but I mean, like, this really is the development of sort of a foundation, mm-hmm. you know, of maybe what, in, you know, I don't want to speak for you, obviously, but what informed you as you go. Right. Yeah, I think there's, um, you know, growing up in Iowa, I think what kind of what this experience melded with was an experience of growing up in a very rural area at the same time it's Iowa so we had this um we had the privilege of being you know the U.S.'s first caucus state so Mm -hmm, I grew up thinking it was normal for kids to meet somebody that might be president of the United States you know and they would come to our church basements they would come to our you know town events our parades and things like that and so um there has always been kind of this idea that um politics should be something that happens at a kitchen table and that these aren't uh, that these things aren't divisive and that this is a way to empower people because as a kid you feel pretty empowered like I, I mean they're all old names now but I mean I got to meet Ronald Reagan as a kid like that's pretty right. sweet and it wasn't that a big deal sweet. and so um, yeah. I think when that combines you layer that on top of you know lots of other things yeah mm-hmm. that that connection between what's happening on the ground and politics has always been kind of a part of Right. Those were the Pretty good old days when, when the fighting in politics wasn't as heavy as it is now. I mean, it was still there. I get it. But, it's, you know, just the divisiveness now is so disappointing to me. But we, you know, we don't we don't go down those paths. But, yeah, yeah it's, it's not like when I look at politics, it's not whether I side with this side or that side. It's like both sides have merit. And why can't they figure things out? That's yeah. what bothers me. It's the divisiveness that really disturbs me. But. Yeah, politics should never be the result. It should be kind of the tool that we actually get to utilize. I mean, it's yeah, it's hard. It's never the end point, but too often it sometimes is the end point for people. Right. So you did that for a couple of years. Yeah. What is it you do now? Uh, I only lasted a year in that position. Okay. <laughs> well, in poverty, that would be you know self-imposed poverty. I, that's really interesting to me that they sort of want you to go through that experience. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't know that. I think that's really good. Yeah. In a way. Very so, difficult, I imagine. It was really difficult. And it took me about six years, I think, to um, dig out of the debt that I had accrued yeah, because of that. For sure. Yeah. Um, you know, you're able, you're allowed to defer your student loans during that time. Um, but I was essentially, aside from rent, I mean, I was almost charging everything else. And, yeah. You know, at that time, of course, Food, you were giving clothing, credit to anyone. Gas. Yeah, exactly. I love that when you, especially the girls, like when, when you graduated college, you know, the first thing, there's a there's a credit card booth outside the college, like, come on in, we're, we're going right. to load you up. And you got free we, dishes. Yeah. You got a free, like your first <laughs> yes. set of dishes and yeah. probably a, you know. Radio. Free t-shirt, which was pretty incredible. <laughs> yeah. And a credit card. And a credit at card. At 28.5% interest. Yeah. yeah. Steal. What could go wrong there? What well, possibly could nothing. go wrong? No. You're going to... Your, like, income trajectory is 
very, very steep, <laughs> and you'll be able to pay this back in no time. Don't worry about it. You'll pay it back. I now sell credit cards in my free time, so if you're interested, <laughs> oh, yeah? I got a nice set of steak knives. I'd sure, love to. Well, let's, let's hear about what you do right now. Uh, sure. So, and, and, we'll, and then we'll come back to the middle part. The middle part. All right. Um, so now I am the vice president of government relations at Gough Public. We're a communications firm. Uh, specializing in uh, public relations, media relations, and lobbying up at the Capitol. So I have the good fortune to lead up our government relations team of five. Uh, and we work for clients of all shapes, stripes, and sizes uh, in representing their interests and connecting them to the Minnesota Capitol. Hmm. God, that sounds important. You know? It's a well-rehearsed. Yeah, like, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you got it down. Yeah, you did that really well. It, so. Um, yeah, I peddle in influences yeah. essentially. What? Okay. I mean, and, and how do you do that? Um, do you, you do know, a people, lot of socializing to get that done? I mean, is that one of the things that's required of it? Yeah. So I mean, politics is just people, right? It's yeah. people and ideas. So um, I always tell people the most relevant experience to what I do now is having been a preschool teacher. You teach mm -hmm. people to share. You inspire them to think beyond themselves. When they get bored, you show them something shiny. And that's kind of what makes the world go round. And then, you know, just a, a curiosity. <laughs> I mean, everyone's, yeah. it's just about connecting people and their ideas and trying to have people see um, that our worldviews aren't all that far apart and just help them right. kind of plow through the BS that uh, sometimes happens as you were talking about the politics that gets in the way. And so, um, you know, we do a variety of things. I think probably the greatest value that I have for my clients is we do build very, very personal relationships with legislators and mm -hmm. policymakers, uh, both in the administration and then at the legislature, uh, and really think hard about what motivates those people, what are they interested in, and how, how do they approach policy, and then advise our clients on how to advocate for their agenda in that context of all those personalities, which is tough. I mean, that's, yeah, yeah, I imagine it is. I mean, it's a it's a small world, though, right? There's 201 legislators. You double that with staff. You layer on a couple hundred people in the administration. Like, really, it's not that many people that are affecting policy in Minnesota. So once you no, kind of figure in the out grand those, scheme of things, who's who. yeah, it's a well-dressed yeah. middle school. Right. That's a good way to describe it. Not actually. all that well dressed, actually. Not, not <laughs> no. all. Well, they're not. They're not all well paid. Either. Not everyone could have the Cassidy haircuts. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, so eighteen years. How how long have you been with Goff Public? I just celebrated my sixth year with Goff. All okay. right. Yeah. That's a long time. I mean, it's a it decent is. amount of time. Yeah. Not a long time, but you it's, know, it's it's enough to have kind of you know I'm very lucky I was hired on to kind of help create a vision for this service uh, the government relations service offerings and kind of reimagine how they deliver those and I think you know my kind of background in grassroots organizing and really connecting people to power I think is the vision that uh, they wanted me to pursue and that's kind of how we approach our work which is pretty different in the industry it's um, traditionally an industry that you know fairly in a pretty lean lane flexes the kind of switches of power and we have a much more uh, holistic grassroots approach to it uh, and don't rely on kind of the old school I think what people think of when they think of lobbyists the back room smoky right, right. rooms you mean um, you're not sitting there smoking cigars and I mean I am with them? but no one else is right. so it makes sense <laughs> you're just doing it out in public yeah, and, yeah. yeah. Uh, that's just room. on my own time right that's <laughs> after 
in my St. Paul apartment. Right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. closet. Okay. Yeah. A closet. A little closet you live in in St. Apartment. Yep. Yep. Okay. Sure. Yep. Uh, so, so okay. Business, job, all that. What do you do for fun around here? Because we we like to talk about Minneapolis, St. Paul, and how kind of like the Twin Cities is a fun place to be. Like, <laughs> it can be. Anyway, what do you do? What do you do? What's that look? Are I don't you trying to live vicariously through me? So what do people do for fun if you were yeah, to have well, fun? Well, with out the there? Uh, with okay. the multiple children that I have, yeah, I feel like we're you know I'm ready to get back into the swing of having fun. So yeah, I want to hear what's what's new. What's, what's what are the kids doing? What are the kids doing? Yeah. Um, so probably the if I am not at work. Um, the thing I love to do most is I have a fantastic gym community at Dungeon Strength and Conditioning on Roselawn and 35E. Ooh, nice little yeah. plug. Yeah. Um, so it's an incredible, uh, like it says, strength and conditioning gym. Um, so God, I found I said a great fun. home there. Yeah, it is fun. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. It's that's a nice place. Fun. I hate going to the Exercising gym. Exercising is not fun. Well, the great part about this is really all you have to do is show up and do what they tell you. Yeah. And at the end of it, you're like, whoa. I think I just worked out rather than like stepping on a treadmill where, you know, every single step that you're working. Like out. you have to like, motivate yourself it. to do it. Yeah. And that's harder. Yeah. All right. Fine. I have a beautiful gym in the apartment building I live in. Don't have it. You look through the door, yeah. through the glass door. Yeah. It's twice. a glass door. Yeah. yeah. So I've been, I've, I know of it. Yeah. So, right. well, all right. So I, I, can, that. I can understand that. So are you an early morning workout person <laughs> or a, Late afternoon. Well, I know there'll be a lot of people at my gym listening to this, so I hesitate to say it. Um, <laughs> at certain times of the year, I am an early morning gym person. And, um, and right now they're all laughing. Is that what you're saying? Like, no, hey, never see it is with... what it is January 4th, and I've been to the gym early once already this year. Listen, so, I, I don't want to get into the so whole again. like metaphysical universe thing, but like <laughs> this whole idea of early and late is really a construct of man. Like, oh my I don't, time itself is like, Sarah, if, if you wake you up at, <laughs> this is getting edited. If you wake up at, no, we don't edit. Oh, good. If you wake up at 11 and you work out at 1130, haven't you then, uh, and I'm talking 11 PM, let's say, <laughs> right? haven't you, haven't you worked out early? Like if you are working out a half hour after you wake so up. So is 11 PM the first time you have. Maybe 11 p.m. is the first movement you had that day because maybe you work nights or something. Like, well, I just like like when does a person have to get up at 6 a.m. and go no, like in order no, to take no. charge of the world? No, do you have no, to be that early no, morning go getter? No, no. I'm preferably I if I'm, I'm I had looking my for brothers, some I would have my some late night. I would late night workout if I had my brothers. Unfortunately, I don't go to a 24 hour class. Right, you gym. would work out late night because that's you're comfortable. I'm hitting my stride. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And I'm, it helps you sleep, I think. Yeah, I agree. It does me. I like a later workout. That's the only thing about my job that I don't really like. I am not a morning person. And mm -hmm. now everyone at work is like, oh, yeah, don't. So what time are you hitting the pavement, so to speak? <laughs> um, most of my days. Or is this, or is this maybe like this some, another TMI. suspect? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know where no. this line of questioning is going. Like, yeah. what, well, what, time, I, what time do you wake up? I like to yeah. wake up. Uh, no, uh, I usually, it's pretty standard eight to five gig. Sure. Um, I would say I am coming into my own around 11 a.m. every day. Nice. I think if I okay. if I could set my world, I would wake up at about seven thirty. Yep. Take in the world for an hour or two. Mm -hmm. Get acclimated, and then 
show myself around nine, nine thirty. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds reasonable to me. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I'd say eight. Yeah. AM. It's yeah. a good time. Uh I do love I was thinking about it today. Like when I was when I was really young and, and part of the reason I was thinking about this is because of our you know that we're doing this Andalin app thing, mm-hmm. right? Um and this is not we don't sit and talk about that a lot on here, but like Until now. Well today I'm gonna yeah. plug it, yeah. No. Um but in the doing of it, I put in this little lake that that we fish on up north that's it's hidden a hidden gem like you have to take one little river up to another little river you go over a beaver dam you know you can't get there in a big boat and all the all the modern fishermen have really big boats and stuff and we have this little old boat anyway um i put put it in there and it's got me thinking about all these old memories of my youth out fishing on that little lake with my father and my grandfather and uncles and whoever and I thought, man, I have maybe really done my children a disservice by never forcing them to get up and, and like watch the day wake up. Like we, my dad used to get us up before the sun came up, get us out in the boat, and we're on the lake, and we'd be fishing as the sun rose. That's and, the way I was brought up. Yeah. And I'm like... Well, let's let those kids sleep till about nine today. And, you know, they see a lot of sunsets, but I don't know that they've ever watched the sunrise. Sunrise. You should take them to Alaska. So like three, maybe three years ago, I went to Alaska um, and it was, I think, late July, August, where the day is like 23 and a half hours long. So talk about a construct. I mean, that is and we had three days. I got a three day fishing license. So we had to seize like every single moment and. We literally were there for, you know, our prime fishing time was about 5 a.m. Well, that's when it's completely dark. And then by 5.30, it's light again. And at 4 a.m., it was light. And so it was, that was pretty great. So I've guided. very powerful over kind of the changing I've guided canoe trips into the into the subarctic up in not alaska i have been to alaska my little sister lives up there but but i've guided three canoe trips up to hudson bay and it's the same deal up there you know it's the sun dips below the horizon from about like maybe midnight or so it drops below the horizon and it's twilight from midnight to two o'clock or something and then it's dark from about three to four and then it's right back up again you know incredible yeah it is really neat yeah so do you have siblings i do have siblings yeah i I grew up with two brothers uh both younger than me we are all five years apart so five and ten years younger uh later in my life after my parents split my mom adopted a little boy and a little girl who are not so little anymore we were able to bring them home from the hospital but they are 16 and 14 now uh, and then I have a stepsister and a stepbrother. Okay. Mm. Big about family. My age. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. yeah. That sounds a little similar to mine. Like a bunch of different families kind of blended into. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So when you went to Alaska, were you with your family then? Or? No, I went and visited uh, one of my best friends. Her, uh, She lives in Colorado, but her in-laws, her husband is from Alaska. Uh-huh. And they... Uh, afforded us the opportunity to come live with them for i think we were there a week and a half or so okay she has two little boys that are just had their birthday jack and max um 
but they had just turned one, I think, is about mm-hmm. when we went. Uh, so, What part of Alaska? They live on the Kenai Peninsula, like right outside of Kenai. Okay. And you were you were fishing a lot when you were up there? Yeah. That's like, I mean, that's my world. I love fishing. I'd but. never worn waders in my life. I'd never, like, stood in running water. Um, and God bless my friend's husband, who was very patient with me, um, because I was in charge of the net because he was catching more fish, right? And so I'm <sighs> downstream with the net. But I didn't really know the trick of like when the fish goes in the net, you flip right. up. Well, nobody <laughs> told me that. Uh-huh. So the fish got away and he was not happy because we had not had very good luck uh, during our time there. And later that afternoon, I caught a fish and we did, we were able to bring able it to on to shore. It. And yeah, so, so that <laughs> created a little bit of tension. So you got the trip. fish and he didn't, that shouldn't make a guy too. Well, he's an Alaskan native. He's, right, he's, right. he gets fish. I don't, I got the photo. I, you know, had yeah. to strike off the head and got my little like kissy face photo with its head. And cause you have to do all the stuff because you can't take the whole body through the woods, right? You have to right. like, yep. what do they call it? Devein it, debone it? it, gut it, it, gut it, it and gill it. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing we did. Yeah. Yeah, and then you just put it in a trash bag and then we yeah. were gonna eat it. I was like, is this? Yeah, it's just a clean plastic a vessel. Yeah. I guess, yeah. 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 Um, my, uh, my brother-in-law is a, an Alaskan native, so Telsha's husband. Mm-hmm. But. So they get to, they have all sorts of fun fishing. They. So they all went out in a boat where they just like drive upstream and they just net fish. Right. Right. Mm. If you're. Yeah. They, so, so you don't even have resident. to fish actually. You no, just they net just them. Well, in fact, uh, so my dad. It's netting. My dad right, brought. Not how we talk how about did it they get that up there? They brought a little boat up. One of our little boats is now in Alaska and Jason. They drove it from here. Yeah, I believe so. I drove up Seems a few efficient. years ago. You have yeah. photos oh, of that totally. whole thing. Yeah. You guys drive yeah, it's, a, up there. it's a crazy drive. Yeah. Um, but uh, I don't think that Jason and his family, though they grew up fishing, you know, and I did the air quotes there, I don't think they ever went out fishing just kind of for fun. They went and harvested fish. Right. And that's so, you know, they, so the netting is allowed if you're an Alaskan native and, uh, they they would go out and they can net, you know, for four days, X number of pounds or whatever it is and yeah. get their fish. And that's sort of like they harvest fish. And my dad and, you know, our group were like, no, let's go fishing for fun. Right. And that's just not something they, not as common up there, I guess. Yeah, I didn't realize they had a, the family had like a, one of the large deep freezers and like that's the fish yep. they would eat all year. and Yeah, which is really great. Yeah, but I never got to go in that boat where they were netting. I thought that'd right. be really exciting, but I think there was a little bit of a fear of you like having a non-native in the boat. Like, would they get right? Sure. I don't know. I'm not clear. Well, believe well, maybe it or they not, they just didn't want me. <laughs> they didn't I, want I doubt maybe that. They I That's what it is. Yeah. them off well, the day yeah. before yeah. somehow or something. Um, believe it or not, we have uh, managed to kill a half hour through a half hour. Yep. Real quick. So we are going to take a quick little break. And we'll be back. Thank you for listening. I can't believe you've made it halfway through already. I'm sure you can't believe it as well. 
Uh, if you are not a family member of mine or Jim or Sarah's, uh, that's even more impressive that you've stuck with us this long. Uh, don't forget to visit our website, www.andalin.app, or uh, if you're in interested in the institutional version, you can always check out kineticlegacy.us, too. Anyway, thanks for listening. We'll start with the second half. Okay, we're we're back. But uh, you just asked a question when we're when we're not recording. Has anyone cried on the podcast? I did. Ask. Yeah. yeah, we have not had anyone weep or cry on the podcast that well, I know of. Edith got Squaggles. a little weepy, or was she just? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, maybe yeah. not. Maybe, Maybe she, she was, yeah. Well, she was telling, I mean, she was telling some pretty serious stories about her she, youth. She was, yeah. And her mother and stuff. Maybe yeah. she got a little. Melancholy. Well, I'm going to say misty. Misty. Okay, so she misty. got misty. Okay. If you want actual tears rolling Sobbing? off cheeks. Yeah, if it, like if a tear drops from your face, you will be the first person on the podcast to actually have okay. cried. Okay. So if that's a okay. distinction you're looking for. I, now. I'm not going to ask for it. Our, you know. No one ever does. <laughs> Are like just five happens. to ten listeners, whatever we've got these days. It's um, now up to thirteen, I'm guessing. Yeah, it's, it's going to be riveting for them to mm -hmm. hear the crying part of this. So, I don't know what we can do to. I have a lot help of ex-boyfriends that would probably pay a good amount of money to Big listen bet you to me cry. Yeah, but you didn't cry. Well, that sounds. You seem pretty tough. Right. Exactly. Yeah. There's yeah. They want to see her cry because she was yeah. like, and by the way, it's over, and there was not a tear shed, and they're like, aren't I more important to you than that? No. Not wow. at all. That was the yeah. answer, yeah. Hardcore. Okay, well. Sometimes you just got to rip it off and not look back. Yeah. <laughs> Burning rubber wow. on the way yeah. out. <laughs> okay, yeah, Well, right. that's one way to start okay. the second half. Um, <laughs> Let's go. We did, uh, we were talking a little bit about the uh, the potential use of the Andalin platform in uh, its ability to preserve potentially history. Native American history and stuff. Yeah. And I think that's really interesting. It's very interesting. Yeah. I think, um, particular for cultures that don't necessarily see themselves, uh, as one that puts importance on objects. Often those objects are very integral to their culture, but they're not necessarily something that, gets passed down it may be just a specific place or one object for an entire community that is important and it's really hard to then spread your culture and for people to take that culture with them right mm -hmm. like, i often feel that about my own life i loved where i grew up i love the town i grew up in um physically it's difficult to go back right and there's things that you want to relive or still be connected to but it's almost impossible without going back to visit and i think I never would, I didn't grow up in a, you know, particularly materialistic family, but there right. are certain things that I wish I could go back and remember and touch and feel and like at least have part of that. Right. Isn't that interesting? I mean, I think that's a pretty universal thing. I'm telling you. I, no, sniffing. I tried to cry there. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, sorry. That was okay. So we talked sweet. a little well, bit about that on our last, on yeah. our last show though, about um, kind of how much. I would say ever since we started working on this project, like 2018, I did a lot more reminiscing right. than I had in the previous 20 years or whatever. 
Uh, and it was a lot more fun to reminisce than I thought it would be. And the more you do, would the more you start, start to remember things yeah, that you totally. didn't initially yeah. remember. Um, so, nah, yeah. Well, what were you? Well, you know, I know your parents are, are, are divorced. Are still trying to get her to cry? What? Yeah, let's talk about more about <laughs> my parents' divorce. <laughs> let me, let me can we open up see some deeper if we can we really... We should give a trigger warning. So, yeah. oh... This is this is as much warning as you get. <laughs> I mean, this is common, you know. But uh, you probably, I was talking about your childhood house is what I was thinking about. Yeah. Does, yeah. does either one of them, does your father have that? Does he no. live in that so, house? No, so interestingly, so um, my family, when I was pretty young, um, we did, I think this probably only happens in small towns, we did a house swap um, with uh, some older folks that lived in town. We moved from kind of a more modern, like, I don't know, probably like mid seventies thing. Uh, was a, it a split level? No, it was not a split uh, level. Just rambler. A, um, they were so into split levels. I don't levels. really know what a rambler is. is one level. Just like a little rambler. One house? level. Okay. Well, then yeah. Uh, a little rrr. Yeah, it was a little rrr house. It's a little more rugged house. Yeah. It's where I first grew a cherry tomato plant and. The first cherry tomato I took off that plant, it exploded in my mouth, and I don't eat cherry tomatoes now. Like wow, raw, okay. whole. What? Yeah. yeah. So I don't know They're if you supposed to monitored explode my in your food mouth. intake at our first meeting, um, but I will not take a cherry tomato off that veggie tray. Okay. Don't come. God, I love that. cherry tomatoes because they explode in your mouth. Oh. <laughs> I don't really love them. That's I don't, think we should don't look like move that. On from yeah, that. yeah, we can, we can uh, exit that conversation gracefully here. Yeah. Uh, so we did a house swap, and the house we moved into uh, had been owned by uh, I, I guess here we call them lumber barons, but this lumber family in town, the Shonemans, uh, and it was a gigantic house, like a historic building just beautiful um and over time of course it morphed a little it used to have a giant wraparound porch by the time we moved in it didn't have that um, but it had uh the kind of oil painted wallpaper and oh, yeah. uh, the family that we swapped with uh the man had been a heavy pipe smoker and so all of that wallpaper was just coated in right. smoke and oh all yeah that. the sludge yeah, yeah. And so um we had that redone and all of that. And so anyway, loved the house. My mom painted it this awful, evidently true to period, like pink and blue, like Victorian, like gingerbread yeah. house oh, yeah. thing. Um, it was a great house. Then when my parents split, um, they both left my hometown and that house kind of changed hands. It was a little bit too expensive for the small town we lived in and it eventually fell into like crazy disrepair. There was a meth family that was living there. And so for the last probably six or seven years, whenever I go home, it's been vacant. And so I will break into the house, I guess. I is love that a crime this. That I'm yeah, sharing? no, this is yeah. very interesting. I don't all cool. want to interrupt you, but I've never heard someone use the term meth family. And the, and the reason I sort of like it gave me pause was I'm thinking like, like, is there a meth mom and a meth dad and then a bunch of little meth kids, too? Or I, is it just like there were people in there making meth? I Yeah, there were definitely more than one family living in there, which is sad, like for the kids. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I would say there's... God, I hate Kind of meth. squatter yeah. type. Well, they they did own the house, I guess, for a brief time, maybe. Okay. Or rented it. I don't really know. I it's shouldn't like, cast aspersions on there. No, sure. but meth is like the, the, meth the absolute happening. scourge of of small town America and of the country right now. Such a, such a problem. Yeah. And it, I did not know the like 
physical or like the environmental hazards associated oh, with yeah. it. But when I would go in that house, your skin just immediately mm-hmm. starts itching, and there's what were tiny you doing little going bugs into the house? Well, well, I wanted to go in. Yeah. Like it was I mean, you talk about this all the you time. Actually. Yeah, oh. yeah, because I mean that conjures up sort of. I mean. With the handling always, I mean, the reason I bring it up is because childhood homes, the structure, everyone, well, not everyone, but a lot of people have a (laughs) connection to that structure. And since we're in the home business too, you know, we do build homes. I mean, it's interesting. There's a a pull to go back to that structure Mm -hmm. and to actually walk in. And I think to actually look and try to remember and, you know, place yourself. My folks were divorced. And, and we moved around a lot, but there are, there's like a secret ish spot in every place I lived that I can go to in my mind still. Like I can remember the closet in, in the house that I lived in when I was like four five and six. I vividly remember the interior of that closet because I used to just sit in there and hang out and play or whatever, you know? And then, uh, you know, some apartment in madison that i remember and and other old houses like yeah those, those childhood memories do stick with you yeah we sure. had a you were gonna make a joke about me being in the closet there weren't you is no that why you, I was, is that why you chuckled when i, I was said thinking that? of a way to it was bring just in, a closet bring back the exploding cherry tomatoes in god this, but it, i <laughs> couldn't make it exactly it. work yeah, yeah no um so yeah our gorgeous old house one of the spaces i remember is the uh, family that we had traded with, they had a younger son who I think was in some sort of rock band, but he had painted uh, the stone basement, this just neon purple and pink. And so that became our playroom. And I was very into um, a young women's uh, empowerment tool called Get In Shape Girl. Um, they sold little weights and jump ropes and tapes uh-huh. that you could work out to. Uh, I also had an individual <laughs> size uh, girl, <laughs> t- uh, not tambourine. It was oh. a trampoline. Yeah, and oh, I, like the little ones. The little, yeah, the little, little personal yeah. size. Yeah, yeah. those are um, fun. So I would make routines. I had my dad's record player, so we had like uh, Kenny Rogers and Dolly Parton their duet <laughs> oh album. Um, this is I would create a great visual. A lot of right shows. Now. It was like yeah. I was a young share, I assume. Yeah. Like I had the Get In Shape Girl headband and I would I just create all of these things. A, the Diva mic? Yeah. yeah. I think really? you gotta do that. It's, I mean, if it's you about to. time. Sure. It kind of yeah, is. It is. Um, so that's one of the spaces I loved there. It was a creepy basement, but that like... But the but that's your memory vivid. of it. So yeah. like when you went in there and you kind of broke in or whatever, walked in, mm-hmm. I mean, how many times have you done that and how, and how much time have you spent in it? A Just lot. Probably the the first time I was there was really, really hard. I was probably there over an hour. And uh-huh. at certain points, like you kind of, so a lot of the chandeliers had been taken down and were just sitting in corners. There were um, the kids that had been living there, their school pictures were kind of cut out, you know, like you would as yeah. a kid and they write on the back and they were just kind of laying around the house, like in, you know, kind of half decayed. Mm-hmm. And you kind of just sit there and start break down. You break down because you remember your life there. Right. And then you try to put yourself, you would hope that the next family that lives there has a similar experience, but then you realize they didn't have this at all. Right. Like they didn't have this, like the glorious woodwork. They had painted white over all the woodwork and uh-huh. um, the beautiful china cabinets and the uh, plate rail and things like that had all been just kind of destroyed. And they had tried to put in a whirlpool tub in the original like Aww. maid's headquarters. And it was just so 
different. So that first time I was there a long time, I've probably been in a dozen times, I would say. Um, and the County Historical Society actually purchased the house okay. and they were looking for volunteers to help renovate it and God, kind of do work on it. Almost, huh? Well, that's what there had kind of been this, you know, small town rumor that, yeah, you basically would have to burn the house down because the meth had kind of infested right. it so much. Right. I don't, I don't know, to be honest. And I don't, I had contacted the historical society and just said, Hey, I'd love to help. Right. They sold it to a nonprofit and that's kind of the last I had heard about it. Um, and it's been, I have it's a, been I have a nonprofit that I started home. and you know what I realized about nonprofits after I started it is there's no profit in it right. whatsoever. Like it's which part were you fooled by the non or the profit? <laughs> I guess I missed the oh first gosh. part. Shoot, yeah. I'm just yeah. saying you have to pay uh, attention surprise. to the whole word. <laughs> surprise, yeah. there's no money there yeah. in, in the in the nonprofit. Weird. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, it's the least profitable house. of my businesses that I've started. That's dumb. That's really dumb. But yeah. <laughs> it's pretty dumb, it, what I just said. Yeah. <laughs> You've got this look on your face. Should we talk about cherry tomatoes you're again? Trying, yeah, let's go back to cherry. Well, I kind of love the story about you going back to the house. I mean, I think that's interesting. And, yeah, and it is. Very. That structure and, you know, um, yeah, it's interesting. Well, I drive, my, my dad was a builder in the early 80s before becoming a nurse. And uh, he built two homes that we lived in. And I drive by them. Every few years, I'll, I'll drive by purposely just to kind of check on it and see what they yeah. what shape they're in these days. I'm like, it, you can if you live somewhere long enough. Every now and again, you'll you can recognize if you pay attention to that stuff that certain cars stop or drive by really slowly, and it's like the old owners. Yeah. I was gonna ask, do you feel a, like do you feel a strong connection to any of the places you live because you did move around? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I still. I mean. I don't I don't have any traumatic memories of that period of time like the my folks divorce wasn't particularly traumatic for me it wasn't great I wasn't happy about it but I think I I accepted it pretty readily as a kid that that was probably a good idea for them not to be together mm. you know um and I think you know there would have been a period of time where I maybe held a little more resentment but not really about the the divorce but uh same thing with the houses having moved in and out of those houses i don't remember any i remember every every bit of it kind of fondly so i don't know yep didn't i mean maybe it ruined me completely and i just haven't realized it yet <laughs> but i don't know <laughs> I, I think, yeah. gets on okay. tears. I know, yeah. I'm, I'm sad for your soul. Yeah, I don't know. Can you cry for it? No, not yet. Oh, no rolling it. tears yet. We're no, working on not it. yet. Well, so a little little memory lane, a little bit of like, what do you do for fun workout? I remember you talking about that. <laughs> that's what you. What was that workout again? Yeah, the dungeon. No, no, oh, no. Oh, get in shape, it? girl. Get in uh, shape, girl. Yeah. Um, uh -huh. God, what a, I believe so, the lyrics were sexist, get in shape girl. Isn't that sexist? You know the feeling or you got the feeling? I can't remember. This uh -huh. is around the same time as Gem and the Holograms round one. Um, so there there Gem was some the overlap. Yeah, I grew up was... a boy and very much a boy. And I don't remember any of this stuff. I don't remember get in shape girl. I don't remember Gem and the Holograms. I have no idea what you're talking about. Hmm. Do you know what she's Your talking about? Your female no. societies didn't 
your associations didn't help you out bring with you that. Up to speed no, I had a lot of. I mean, I had girl cousins and I had friends that were girls. I just don't remember getting shape girl. You know what I gym. remember? I didn't the Suzanne gym. Summers uh, thigh master. Oh, that's the, what I remember. So Wasn't that, you will love this. So in my apartment building in downtown St. Paul yes. on January third, twenty nineteen, there is a thigh master underneath the concierge desk that I walk by every day and I think I would like to just master my thighs a little bit and just get one squeeze for old time's sake. Yes. But yeah, that for old is time's sake that is Oh mom that implies that you've done that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I had a masterful eleven year old thighs, yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. And Suzanne Summers. And Suzanne I mean, that Summers. Wasn't, that yes. was about, the, oh, yes. I'm, I'm thinking of Jane Fonda. She had her workout. Oh, yep. She well, she did. Popular. Yeah, but it was around the same know. time, right? Yeah. Well, they all had. God, was, Su- was Suzanne and... Summers from uh, Three's Company? She that, was. Yeah. 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 That's I. Chrissy. I was a kind of Chrissy, a Chrissy. Yeah. yeah. Chrissy and Janet. Devotee and Janet. of yeah. right. I mean, I remember watching that show a lot. Me too. <laughs> and it was so bad. I it feel was, like was I was so yeah awesome. inappropriately young to be watching that show. I recently watched one, and it's I don't hilarious. know if I just didn't understand the subtle. It was they were hardly even but, subtle. No, they yeah. But you I mean, didn't, who was like I didn't, I didn't really get it at the time. Well, who was Jack? Jack Tripper. No, but uh, Larry. Larry, was, the pervy neighbor. Larry, who was like. Wait, I don't remember. Larry. Or was that the landlord? N- no, Mr. Larry Roper? was the Mr. guy Roper, yeah. at the Rico Beagle. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. he was Rico always Beagle. like you know, it, he had the, were, like yeah, the perm. He like had he, the perm. Yes. yes. Wait, he had a perm. He had oh, a perm. He for sure, had he a did. Perm. Oh. Dark, he, dark curly every hair. Every episode was about Larry going on a date. Yes. And and he always wanted he to go on a date with one of the girls. Oh yeah. Well, everyone wanted to go on it. Jack wanted to go on a date with the girls. Did but he? wasn't he sort of well, protective of them? He the was kind of protective, I think. Yeah. But then, you know. Wasn't it that they wanted to so date just, him, but he was kept saying no? I no, he was gay. no, no. <laughs> well, no, he made believe he was gay. To, in to, order to, to be, live there. To live Mr. there with Roper the girls. Otherwise oh, wouldn't have allowed right. him. Oh, that's yeah. right. Okay. Oh, yeah, but Jack did no, go was, on dates. Yeah, he was yeah, very much into the ladies. Yeah, which I'm sure means Inappropriately. I mean, generally speaking, I think, a, you know, a, a male who has a, an affection or affectionate feelings toward women is considered straight. Yes, I think what you just said. I think that's right, isn't it? Is that how that works? Oh, I don't know. Well, I, think, I, think I think we f- just opened ourselves yeah, up to I, a whole nother... Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, there's something... I don't know. I don't know either. I just... I, you, you said... I think affection is different than the whole package. Oh, man. Right. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. I guess. Well, you just slipped a little one in there about him and his and his uh, straightness, but I'm pretty sure he was he was faking gay. He was faking to live there, but yeah. he was he was yep. always on dates, wasn't he? Oh yeah, he was, that was like the whole premise of the dates. show was him going on dates with it, ladies. The whole premise was everybody was dating. I think. Yeah. The girls went on dates. Yeah. And then they'd come back and say, "How was your date?" Right. That was a really weird show. Three's company. Yeah, Three's instead company. of two's company, three's and crowd. And buddies right. was on around that time or a little after that, right? <laughs> Was that, that was, before? I I think that was. I never after. really got into that. Maybe I. I think I think Three's Company was uh, was late seventies or mid to late seventies, and well, Bosom Buddies was eighties. Yeah. Well, then I would have been bosom. Bosom. Bosom Buddies. Bosom. Yeah. Bosom. That's an no, because they dressed up like women. Bosom. <laughs> yes. They were bosom. Oh. They had to put on fake. Oh. Get it? Get it? Now I get it. Oh my yeah. god. Yeah. 
I think I just figured it out actually yeah. right now. I don't know if I ever knew that until we're just, and I was like, oh. I don't know bosom, why we would want to. Buddies. They're bosom buddies. I don't know why we would even want to remember those shows or the, that era. But see, that's what that's what this whole project has got me doing is thinking about all these weird things that happened. I remember watching Three's know. Company an inappropriate number of times as a kid. Like, well, why? I don't think so, it was inappropriate. No, that was a really was, bad show. But yeah, but there was nothing. When did I have time to do it? that? So one of the in a, like an inappropriate era in my life, aside from the last decade, would. Be like when I was a child, my favorite time of shows was watching Thirty Something, L.A. Law, and oh. Falcon Crest. Oh, I could not wow. have been. Oh, I can see Jim. Jim's face just lit up when you said Falcon Crest. <laughs> but but it didn't because <laughs> no. I never watched. But I know it. Oh, I mean, I you feel like, yeah. I mean, that like was. Alice. I mean, those were. I, I mean, scandal. I remember all of those shows, but I, I don't. Oh, who shot was... Jr.? That was a huge deal. In right, and then they tried to revive it, and 81. they learned uh-uh. a lesson there. Um, no, I, I was I way think... too young to watch those shows. There's no way I should have been watching Thirty Something. I was like, in LA maybe Law was in my great, teens. Though. LA Law was. Great. That was. I mean, I don't know. LA Law. Was great. I mean, that, it was, that was. It was good. No, TV. That was solid. Yeah. Yeah. I think the reason your face lit up when she mentioned Falcon Crest was not not because you watched it, but I think you at that time in your life, I bet you felt like a character on Falcon Crest. Like you lived <laughs> the life. Of, you lived wow. the life of a character on Falcon Crest would be my guess. I always fancied myself more of a Miami Vice kind of a oh. guy. <laughs> You know, <laughs> <laughs> you could feel it coming in the air. Yeah, tonight, I mean, yeah. Yeah. Florida, you know? know. Yeah, I mean, I kind of associate. <laughs> Jim, let's talk I knew there was a. I, I know. I kind of like this. Yeah. I knew well, there was actually, a fantasy you know, world that Jim you know, lived in. in that when 80s. you said that, it reminded me of a very late night show that my dad would watch, and it was, and I remember being young. Like I'm thinking, like, well, what did I see when I was little that was weird? I remember watching the Benny Hill show. Oh, God, I remember that and one, And that too. was like a late-nighter. Benny Hill. I yeah, know. and that was hilarious, <laughs> yeah. but super inappropriate. It was, it was I mean, British. It was, yeah. It was British, and it was like... Uh, was it on cable? We didn't have cable for It was time. not. Uh, it, hmm. Cable didn't exist during this time, I don't think. Oh. I mean, it was like some weird like, I think channel. cable existed, Jim. You think so? Maybe it did. Oh, maybe it did. I don't remember, but it was on really late. Like for sure, it was. Yeah, you know, I don't. I didn't watch a nine? lot of Benny Hill, but it was no, like, like after the was news. it was it topless? Yeah, were the girls uh, songs to- topless? At some, yeah, kind of. Was this in I color? It was. Yes, it was. I'm in thinking color. of some other Ben. You have no something. idea what Benny Hill is. Do no, you? I have no idea. Yeah. Well, it's is a, it a cartoon? No, no it's adult? live action, but they did a lot of like. It's like, very sped uh, up. Uh, he was always running stick. sort of like it was like. Old he was always running around in fast motion. In fast motion, yeah, yeah, like for whatever, like reason. little short steps, like this. And yeah, like did they even chasing... talk on that show? Like, not, was... not really. No, it was very weird. It was a very was weird show. Benny Hill, the his old real guy. name, yeah, like in an real old, life. like an old yeah. British perv. Just a character. Yeah, he was like an old, old British perv. Are you gonna sneeze over there? <laughs> oh, yeah, he was an old perv. You didn't, but in your fantasy world, you didn't live in Benny Hill land. No, you I just in, remember seeing in, it, and I was like, "Whoa!" I want to shuffle like around in my with popped bras. collar. Yeah, you know, maybe that's like what it was. TV. Maybe they weren't topless. I don't think they were always topless. in brasiers. Yeah, brasiers. What Bosom. were they doing? That's just how they would. 
It was like they were like running about, away from Benny Hill. Yeah, it was all about Benny Hill and what a what a dirty perv he was. And, right. And, and they were the girls were always way younger. And, yeah. And in bras <laughs> and heavily bosomed, and they were always running away from the old perv. What a right. weird show. Why did that exist? <laughs> I don't. Well, that's what I'm thinking. Like, like what boardroom like, was that? I see. Oh, I remember that. You know, but I forgot about it until this moment. Yeah, I mean, what, at what point was someone like, you know what, Benny? Because I think the old guy's name was Benny. Oh, and, and he, he was, was drinking. He was drinking all day. He was always drunk, always yeah, curving on ladies. He was drunk. Yeah, and he, I think he Are you had, sure this wasn't like a personal injury commercial that just ran on repeat? <laughs> no, it's a, real, it's a real thing. We'll look it up for you after yeah. this. I can't wait. Um, but I think he had been like a, looking it up now. Like a TV or, or radio or whatever personality. He was like a comedian who had success he, before that. Yeah, I think so. And then he wanted this show. And it was one day he had to walk into a boardroom and be like, look, because I'm sure he had a serious side to himself. But he's like, I want to make a show with absolute zero the point. There's no point to it. There's no plot. There's nothing. It's just me getting drunk and running around chasing girls in bras. And someone was like, you know what, Penny? Fantastic. Sounds great. Let's do this. Huh. Only they had he British was accents, English which I can't do. Comedian and actor, Benny Hill. Was that was that really acting? I need to see this. All right. <laughs> there he is. That's his picture. Wow, he looks a lot younger than I remember. Actually. God, I I thought you know, he was an ancient old dude. Oh God. Well, he was too. born in 1924. Well, yeah, so. but I mean, as a kid, I was like, he looked. You know, I, mean, I have never like seen that 19... person in my life. I've never. <laughs> well, let me tell you. I don't think that was legal in Iowa. <laughs> we're we're killing Jim here. Oh my um, God! I've never seen that person in my life. Let well, me that's tell you. Probably a good thing you. It, have. There's no yeah. reason, but we've now introduced you to it. But there's no reason oh, to have seen that person. Yeah. I don't. On, I wonder if it's on Netflix. Oh, <laughs> sure the Benny Hill show. Oh God. I'm sure it still exists out there. Proof that I'll you can't everyone. create something and have it go away. You right. Know, it right. persists. These things persist. Yeah. Huh. Benny Hill. Oh, oh my boy. God. Oh, oh boy. yeah, you're right. He is a little younger looking than. But that's the guy. Yeah, it haunts me now to have seen this. Right. Thanks, Jim. It's very weird, isn't it? Yeah. Take one more look. See. I'm not. Do you recognize oh, now any we have of a... these gentlemen right here? <laughs> has this... We have the images of Benny Hill up right now. Has this slightly the other side of middle aged no, man ever I've perved never... on you? No. Yeah. Um... That's a good thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I don't know what no. the Brits were thinking with that one. It was very funny, I thought. <laughs> when you were six. <laughs> I yeah. thought when I was Monty Python's was pretty funny, but Benny Hill, I just remember it Also being... something I've never seen. Anything Monty Python has created. Nothing. Nothing. Not a thing. I've listened to the music I a lot. I am not one of those fans who like quotes from it or knows anything. I just know that when I was Me a neither. kid, I thought it was fairly funny. Like, I thought those guys were a funny group of people. And then you see, like, John Cleese and whoever else, like, they were in a lot of movies after that for a long time. So I would recognize them from that. You don't know who we're talking about at all. I know who John Cleese is. Okay, yeah. 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 But, yeah, that's what we got there. This is how this usually goes. We start with a thigh master, (laughs) and then it just kind of trickles down. Or actually, we we started with... The word you're looking for is devolves. You go girl or whatever. Get in shape, girl. Get in shape, girl. I was trying to ask you earlier, is that sexist? Get in shape, girl. Or is it... it Maybe not sexist. There may have been a get in shape, boy. But isn't it it sort of like... (laughs) There could have. Rather than get in shape, no. No, get, get in, in shape! shape exclamation point! Gender neutral. Let's get in shape. No, it's 
it's Let's more like physical. what am I trying to say? It's not a statement, it, it or it is a statement, but it's sort of a proclamation levied at young women. Like, you got to get in shape, girl. Like, I don't think it's any different than the proclamation sent out by Benny Hill. No, that was a terrible era. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's the same. I don't yeah. know. How did girls grow up? Okay. Or didn't they? They're all they got in up. shape. Yeah, yeah. Or else. Or yeah, else. Or else. <laughs> they yeah. got in shape. Oh yeah. Gosh. <laughs> well, yeah. If you, I mean, if you were gonna buy the get in shape girl, the whole I love. You guys don't know the clown joke. It's a very. Oh, it's gosh. a famous. No, no I'm not telling this, this joke. Is just I'm not telling bad. the clown joke. But the but, but the clown joke is is about. <laughs> I'm not telling the. Clown I'm not going to tell the clown the joke, joke because it it's the whole point behind the clown joke is it takes a very long time to tell, but. The deal is that there's this clown, Krusty the Clown or whatever, that this little kid is a super fan of and he has everything. And it sounds like you were a super fan of the go go get in shape girl <laughs> line or whatever. You had the like, I could see you got the little headband, yep. you got the little weights, weights and Jump you're rope. jumping on the little, jumping on the little What are the things on your legs? Trampoline. The leg warmers. Leg warmers, yeah. yeah. That's it. Yeah. The trampoline was not get in shape girl branded. That was Did a they have separate... One? I don't know. I, that you coveted, I that you know. were like, I really wish I had. No, um, was Jane my obsession Fonda. with the trampoline, yeah, was probably more Jane Fonda, right, Suzanne Summers. Right. Well, that leads to a different question, which was, is uh, like, is there anything that you, if you had, your parents had the means to buy you the get in shape girl stuff because you you wanted it, right? Mm -hmm. Is there anything that uh, you kind of obsessed over as a kid that they didn't get you that you still look back? in pain on like name brand jeans tears are coming i know i'm working on the tears like name like brand your jeans. bow or whatever like guess guess jeans look at your bow pepe yeah I, I did um we did find and i'm trying to remember where we because the buckle brass buckle oh, the now oh just, i remember i think maybe now they yeah. just reduce it to buckle is that the same store? Yeah. I it still exists? Wow. I think so. No, well, the I, buckle does. The buckle does. Yeah, that I didn't is know the that former was... brass buckle. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, so makes sense. I would go in there with my mom or dad or whatever, and right. yeah, there's no way I'm getting a pair of jeans out of that store. Actually, the, the brass buckle, that's a terrible name for a store. That really pigeonholes you. Well, no, like, what am I going had to a brass buckle. It was like... Right. It's yeah, but the, you would expect that maybe they would if that's their name. I well, can see why you'd change it to the buckle. Yeah. But anyway... Um, so I wasn't... I could never have those. I did at one point get um, a pair of name brand jeans. And of course, now I'm spacing on the brand. I'm sure it's one that we've already mentioned. Jordache. But I thought it Chabot. started with an M. <laughs> Jordache. But... Was, were Jordache, so that was like a 70s that song, That was wasn't it? a little pre-me, yeah. <laughs> I'm still a fan. <laughs> <laughs> this is probably why when you ask for Brad Pitt, you get David Cassidy. <laughs> it is probably why. <laughs> um, so my name brand jeans story. Wistfully. I finally got the name brand jeans. And yeah. my best friend, I was over at her house. We were playing hide and go seek, like random chase with her brother. But we were teens, so... Let's just set that aside for a minute, but let's focus on what we were doing. Yeah, let's. Uh, and we were hiding, and I was ducking around this corner of their house, and I squatted down, and I squatted my butt right into some sort of, like, <laughs> pole of something and ripped the jeans. Oh. Ripped. First fancy pair of jeans, and First you ripped them. First fancy pair, ripped them. And then her brother, who must have been late teens, he was four years older than us and was definitely going to be a doctor, I had to take my pants down while he like had to examine said 
it was more than mm-hmm. a scratch. It was a puncture wound. Right. Um, and he had to address the puncture wound. So there I am, like, probably so 14, 15 years like, old what, in his these name neighbor and jeans. Doogie Hauser, was it? No, what? but we cu- that was his nickname growing up. Yeah. What was it? No. Yeah, and like, <laughs> and probably five years ago, he was named like one of the top family physicians in the Sanford. But system. but if yeah. he was in his late teens, like, did he just have aspirations of being a doctor, or did, was he like, "Don't worry, ma'am, I've got this. I'm a doctor." Yeah, that was probably my first situation where a guy was like, "Yeah, that, wow. you shouldn't get in those situations." That's I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna be warning my daughter against like no. But it was like it, more like a brother than I get it. I get it. It pain. can be innocent. A lot of blood. It can be yes. totally innocent. Yeah. I get it. This is, I'm not trying good. to make something of it that but, it wasn't, but. You yeah, know. no, it was it was, it was a, a big deal. Dastardly so, end to those jeans. Yeah. Doogie Hauser, that's Neil Patrick Harris, right? That's yes. who he yes. was. Yeah, he's oh, turned yes. out. I just what a what a gem of a guy. Oh, okay. I wasn't sure where you were going. <laughs> no, we I, I had to end this. No, fight. I. It's if from, he's kind of awesome. Yeah, from childhood star of silly show. You know, he could have turned out so terribly. But didn't he kind of go under? Like, he did. During his yeah, teen he, years, we really yeah, didn't see you him. You didn't so see he grew him up at all, no. Maybe well, normal, but he was working on his voice, evidently, acting and yeah, but becoming he was doing a Broadway live. baby. He was yeah. doing Broadway. He was yeah. doing theater, which is the I real I just think art. he's a really interesting character. You know? Like, oh. he's just, as a human, that's a really neat guy. Yeah. yeah. I would say. Yeah. You thought I was going the other direction with that? I was worried. Your facial oh. expression was really yeah. could have gone either way. He was, well, you can't he, he see was that just on... excited. Yeah. He was getting excited. Working something through. Yes. This yep. has been a strange episode, I will say that. All right, we've we've managed through another 30 minutes. We will uh, either take a break or this will be the end of the show. We have to talk to Elizabeth here. TBD. Yep. Uh, and we'll we'll see. You'll find out later. This episode is going so well that we decided we needed a third segment. Uh, don't forget to check us out. Uh, well, actually, just download the Andalin app if you would. That'll be out soon. Um, or check us out at uh, andalin.app or uh, kineticlegacy.us if you're into that sort of stuff. All right, we'll get back to it. All right, all right, all right. Great we're tomato back. talk continues. We're not okay. talking cherry tomatoes anymore. Oh, yeah, cherry, not, not great. But in our little break here, we did look up some Benny Hill stuff. Do you want to read some things? We're using the royal week. Okay. Go right ahead here. Let's so see. I'm going to say this is, I mean, this is just straight Wikipedia, so anyone else could have looked this up too. But yeah. uh, the Benny Hill show, this really blew my mind here. Oh, it's a whole box Someone set. Someone look up. <laughs> There's a whole box set out there for being me. purchased. Someone needs to look up. What did you say? He was born in 1924. Yes. Okay. So the Benny Hill Show is a British comedy television show starring Benny Hill that aired in various forms between the 15th of January, very specific, 1955. What? Think about so that. And the 16th of May, 1991, was the last episode Wait, of the show. No, are they saying episode, or that's when it aired? It could have been in syndication. I think it was no, no, no. That that's that's. He uh, filmed until he was 70. I believe that's what they're saying. Hmm. The show, and this is this is to my point of the uh, odd boardroom experience of Benny pitching this show. The show consisted mainly of sketches that were full of slapstick, mime, parody, and double entendre. Like, right. that's it. Right. Well, would you really call women in Brazier's double entendre? 
I, I think that's just. So <laughs> I don't know. We I, might have I to drill down there. a little deeper. Tame's television yes. canceled production of the show in 1989. 89. Okay, so that's when it was last because produced. of declining ratings and a large production cost. <laughs> All right. Whatever. Uh, yeah, that's. Wow. I'm telling you, I, I, it's funny that you have no, no knowledge of the show even existing when it it was taped for all those many years, 55 to 89. I was not alive for. You were alive a in 89. Majority of those. Yeah. Yes, in 1989, I was alive during the 50s, 60s, and <laughs> most of the 70s. I was not alive, so. No. It was a solid decade. I guess of to be fair, I wasn't either. But Jim here. Jim, Jim's got a little. <laughs> I, I'm just reading this. This, this is very funny. I mean, Our, it's just you know. So, what is Benny Hill? The archetype, archetypal jokes are. People should know you have mistake. your glasses on, so you can not Read. miss a word. Yeah, but it's a little bit far this. away, so it's, so it's a little. Yeah. Yeah. So the yeah. jokes are a mistake, accidental insult, and the chase. In a mistake, Benny thinks something is something that really isn't it. That's for an example. And for an example, well, there's lots what here. What is the source that we're citing here? Well, this is just talking about the actual show. This is Wikipedia you know what I mean? Still. For example, something is heavier than it appears, or Benny takes man for a woman. Accidentally oh, insults happen when Benny does something that causes harm for someone. <laughs> for example, this is pretty much the Benny Hill show, actually. Yeah, here it is. For example, he touches a woman's breast when he's looking for some similar object, like a breast-like like, object, like, that, a, like oh, a melon, yeah, right? And he a touches melon. a. A woman's oh. breast, like he's because she happens to be laying on the produce counter. Well, like he's he's at the produce and he's you know touching the melons and he turns around and there's a woman standing there and then he, he accidentally touches. I'm her telling breasts. you, and then she describing goes, this show to to someone who's never heard of it or seen it. Like it really was it for for 38 years or however long that was. Yeah, it's a long run. The, it was that stupid the entire time. That's so, all they did was that stuff. I mean, I guess I always have this like idea that, oh, wow, we've come so far and that would never fly today. However, over the holidays, oh, we'll I was at my dad's house and there is a lot of TV consumed uh, in that house. And I watched the show. Um, I think it's called Get a Job, Girls. No, two broke girls. <laughs> oh my see, gosh! I, yeah, see, I, that's what I'm wow. saying. Is two it, broke girls. It. Why was the? Why was the? It, that sounds like child. your workout. No, it's actually called Two Broke Girls. I just. Oh, did Two the, Broke Girls. Yeah, oh, I, I did get the it. Get a Job Girl, like, a just job. as a joke. If, no, yeah, gotcha. you, I, it, sorry, it did not fall on yeah. deaf ears no, no, no. here. I I caught okay, it. I liked you. that. Yeah, you got a strange Iowan. It's a different type of sarcastic humor than than the Minnesotan style. A little more dry up here. You're, you, right. it's pretty deep. You're good. You're good yeah, with that. Thanks. Yeah. Um, it's. Uh, okay. I hope it comes across on. You know. <laughs> we'll I was distracted. I wasn't. Is, you know, listenership is, is going to skyrocket right. after this. It is yeah. for sure. Um, and in fact, I was going to ask: Is your father a reliable candidate for a listener of your episode of this podcast? You know what? I guarantee you that my father will listen to it in its ah. entirety. Um, pretty much anything that uh, my family can understand that is consumable about my life they will 
consume. Do you just not, do you only yeah. give them little glimpses into your life? Is that the deal? Like, well, you, do you keep them starved uh, for They don't live in Minnesota. So it also, um, I am not really in a profession that anyone knows what I do. So I don't even know what um, you do when you tried to describe it for me earlier. <laughs> wow. And you said it was You're so making succinct. <laughs> it was very succinct, um, your description of it. I think it's not really popular, I think, with their friend set to say, oh, my daughter's a lobbyist. I don't, that really just generally isn't a good thing to whip out at a cocktail party. Um, so they just say, oh, she works in politics. <laughs> don't say you know? anything, Jim. I, you work in politics. He's still in the Benny Hill. I know. Oh, is, I, mean, yeah. I won't he's, leave it now. Yeah, he's at he's the produce counter. All right. kind of got the mindset all day long. 10 year old, anyway, or 14 yeah. year old boy. 14 year old. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. What is it? Uh, yeah, I don't know what that awkward. means. Yeah, um. <laughs> it's always a little awkward here. Well, often I would say we manage to be awkward on our show for just a brief period of time, anyway. So, this is, okay, so your I was dad like, will, This is heading for some awkward silence, right? right after yeah, this. yeah, I mean, there's awkward. been a couple of them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. My dad will listen. Um, <laughs> we we were not able to get tears. My brother will no. listen. Keep waiting. It might happen. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay. Your brother will listen. I think my brother will listen. He You his, say brother? Yes, I did say brother. Right. Both won't listen. Both won't one of them doesn't listen to you? Correct. He knows never which has. One he is. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Is one your favorite and one not? No. Oh no. Just curious. They're special for different reasons. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's it's just No, sort of my a fun one brother game. is a new dad, so he's home with the new baby and that's, so he's got a little time. To this do. could be on the no. background. Yes. You know, he's I yes. love okay. kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How new? Uh, two weeks old yesterday. So 15 oh, years oh, old. Super yeah. new. Oh, they're, so, they're, they're so cute and cuddly at that point. Yeah. I have a two and a half He arrived early, home. so we got to have him with us for Christmas, which is That's fun. fun. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. My first nephew, niece or nephew. Well, my step-siblings have children, so I guess it's technically okay. not, but... They live farther away, so it's hard. Family's pretty spread out. Well, mostly in the Midwest. Are they so spread out that you never get to see them and it causes you deep pain? No, that was a good (sighs) try, though. We gotta find something. Mm. We gotta keep digging, Jim. I'd rather not. Once I suspect, once it starts, it's gonna be. Oh, you get ugly. I have that look. I'm an ugly (laughs) crier. You've got, you know, you're holding it together, man. Yeah, we don't want that. Yeah, Yeah. we don't want that. Okay, we'll stop. I mean, it was sort of your idea anyway. It was, but. We just slap it back to her. I'm just saying, I, it's not like, in case, in case uh, any of our listeners, of, of Listener. which we know there are very few, yeah, right? My dad and brother. <laughs> right, and, and Sarah's father listens, but she's not on the show, so Greg probably is out on this one. No, he's but, not listening to yeah. this one. But uh, just, so if, if anyone out there has listened to this and is thinking that they maybe want to come on the show, it's not like a thing that we do. We call, are we even calling this a show? Yeah, we call it a show. I guess you have to, I think right? once you do more than one. Yeah, it's a it's show. A we didn't know we were going to get into podcasting. A series. We didn't know how much we were going to enjoy this. And and it's not... What's awesome about this type of thing that's so enjoyable to us is that we don't really care if other people enjoy it or not. <laughs> it's like... It's not costing it's us anything. That's yeah, good. it's super that's self-serving. Good. And it's not costing us anything to produce it um, <laughs> and put it out there. So who cares? You know? I mean, what are we going to do? I... <laughs> Well, we do have a lot of work to do. We are sponsored. I don't know if you know this, but we are sponsored by Ludens. I was wondering what next. I was going to say we've promoted several products today. Actually, we're we're not sponsored by Ludens, just to be fair. We are hoping to get 
a couple of boxes of free Luden's cough drops. Oh, that could go. For um, and this might change your life. That and would then we'll have qualify them to... as a sponsor. Yeah, it's really absolutely. candy. Is it? I prefer. I mean, not to. You are one? you going to say it? Say it. I want to hear it. I prefer the Halls vitamins. Oh, the Halls defense. Halls. Those are the candy. Ricola was bring, brought oh, up earlier, and I would say good. they're all candy. They're yeah. all candy. They're just yeah. sort of some of them are nastier tasting and more. I think I could have this cough drop on my Whole Foods cleanse that I'm breaking on January 4th. Whole um, Foods cleanse. Whole Foods cleanse. Yeah, should we talk about this a little bit? Is this yeah, I did a cleanse not too long ago that you're talking no, about? No, no, I do not shop at Whole Foods, okay. um, the store. It's just yeah. eating So you knew clean. what Whole Paycheck was. Yes, oh yeah. Yes. What's Whole I've Paycheck? I've spent my Whole Paycheck That's Whole there. Foods. Oh, yeah. If you go it. to Whole Foods, it. it's, it's your Whole Paycheck. God, and and we Americans like we wonder, you know, we have all these health issues and stuff, and and like the the good food is expensive. The cleaner, better food generally is right, which is and, odd to me because the processed food has to go through so many steps, I'm with you on that. which presumably mm-hmm. is cost. But literally, if you take a pepper that you haven't put pesticides out on out of the ground and sell it, that costs more than a Cheeto, right. yeah. which a Cheeto has to be. <laughs> I mean, the, goes, the, the, it's an like engineering a work yeah. of art. It is, yeah. It's yeah. a modern miracle that yeah. they can puff some, who God knows what, out. God knows yeah. what, and then yeah. make them that freaking delicious. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I'm not saying they're good for you. I get no, that. No, right. okay. But they are good. really Oh, love delicious. Cheetos. Yeah. yeah, it's like a, oh God, it's a guilty pleasure or a guilty treat. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not like there's Cheetos. We don't have Cheetos. What do we have? We have nuts and berries. Organic fruity and, snacks. Well, those are for the kids when they come, oh, you know? Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't think I, I think I tasted one of those organic fruity snacks. That is, you should, that is kind of You should of a, ask Kirkland to sponsor this show. Um, series. <laughs> <laughs> Which will disappoint it, my brother who's listening because he works at Sam's Club. In my real mm. wild late night thinking about things thing that I do I've thought about this whole food desert thing and I thought why why if I can go desert yeah so the poorest most underserved populations Mm. in the country are the ones that are are saddled with their food choices being the worst of all which is really stupid it's really backwards that that you would it's like perpetuating the problem the poverty because some of it comes from the food not mm-hmm. being nutritious enough for the kids to learn in school and all this. And so I was thinking, like, why wouldn't if I can go to Costco, which are always on the outskirts in the suburbs mm-hmm. and generally speaking, kind of the, you know, for, not for good or bad, but kind of the whitest places on earth. Right. It's OK. I'm sorry. Sorry, Jim. I, I shouldn't say that. But anyway, um, no, but they're out there in that in that world. And, and I can go and so can all of the other people and get these or, like they Costco, I appreciate the fact that they offer many, many organic choices in their produce departments. And I was thinking late night, one night, wouldn't it be cool if they could make like mini Costco in in the underserved places so that you could you could just go and get a week's worth of produce, organic, inexpensive, because I buy 10 pound bags of carrots. They're organic. But you have like 65 people at your house. What do you mean? It's all your children? Yeah, I, I'm a prolific breeder. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I have a lot of kids. So you can eat that many. Many families. Many families can't, but but if you if you are thinking of it from a community standpoint, if you could get 
10 pounds of organic carrots rather than the those little round carrot nub mm-hmm. things that that oh, are, have baby carrots yeah which they aren't actually baby carrots no. and they and there's it's like pretty low nutritional value yeah. and people are like oh but i was eating carrots today like mm-hmm. but if you could do that and then you could maybe split that cost in your family but i spend you can go to the local grocery store and buy a tiny little bag of mini carrots for three or four dollars or you can go to costco and buy 10 pounds of organic carrots for five bucks and I just think that we should be providing that anyway. I got a little off. Yeah, this topic. was quite a thing. Um, yeah, I, I will I say that. Tangential. Um, hmm. I do think. I mean, that's something I think a lot about. So, my if I could do anything in the world, I would own like a farm-to-table diner that does like home cooking, right? And my grandma, growing up, uh, owned a little cafe. She worked in the like grocery store bakery. She worked at a different bakery uh, and then owned a restaurant for a short time and you know in a small town child labor laws don't exist so when I was little I was probably like five I was a little waitress at her oh that's fun yeah at her restaurant one of my best memories there was this woman who came in and she would pay me a quarter to eat lemons for her because she loved how my little face would contort all over when oh, I ate lemons. Oh, we feed the baby lemons all the time because yeah. they're so cute. Yeah, yeah. that's and great. And so those were the tips. There's also a great story. I learned where babies came from in the cooler with a book that I stole off my parents' shelf. And I brought it to the restaurant because they wouldn't find me in the cooler. And I showed this other little boy, like, Where the babies magic come of, from? Yeah, that. But I, the connection yeah, between people and food and families um, and, like, how food can be used as like an empowerment tool. I mean, I think that's yeah, it's something I, that really gets me going. If I had uh, if I had more resources and an unlimited amount of time or something, that's something that I would try and tackle. It's like that's why it was a late night right. thing. I, there's yeah, a no, lot of I other late it. night things yep, I think I, about too, but I, that's just one of them. I know. I, th- I think he's in trouble recently, but Andrew Zimmern and his mm-hmm. quest right. is something I'm like totally fascinated by and his his appreciation for what food and the art of eating says about he's a families and culture. Minnesota native, right? He's not a native. Um, he credits Minnesota with like saving his life because he went to treatment here. Oh, at Hazelden or something, yeah. really? Yep. Yeah. He did get into a little trouble recently. Yeah, a you little know. comment about the Midwestern. Right. Everybody's right. in trouble. Food scene or yeah, exactly. Asian food well, scene? he was kind of begging on. Uh, Lian Chin. Uh, no, I think it was more family-owned. Uh, I thought he made a general statement about the cuisine, and a family-owned place was like, "Hey, wait a minute," right? Because he said something about like trashy Midwestern. Because he opened, oh, a, so did he open a restaurant? Or he was thinking he about did, it. He did. He yeah. did open one. Did I think he's opened a few. It no, wasn't like no, sexual harassment right. or something. Oh no, no, no. Like he just oh, said no. something wrong, and people took it the wrong way. Well, Everyone uh, let mm, was it, or was it really that? Egregious? I don't know. I don't know. I didn't hear him say it. Um, I yeah. will say he has, uh, in my uh, travels up at the Capitol, he has come up uh, to the Capitol to advocate for uh, f- funding for food shelves and and funding for the Minnesota film industry. And he's been a pretty tireless advocate for both hunger and uh, I think film you can industry, be which, right. is, which yeah. is great. And I totally fangirl over him. So right, every yeah. time he comes to the Capitol, my colleagues laugh because if they want to know where I'm at. At during Andrew Zimmern days, I am definitely You're at there. least six feet away from him, like yeah. looking away because I assume <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you can't look one, at him directly. Yeah, no. It's too uh-uh. one look. Would you, look, cry? Would you cry if you right. looked at him? Directly? No, we have four photos together. 
Um, so I have been in close proximity without crying. Yeah. Okay. Are I those framed? No. Are you sure? <laughs> I am. You just don't as far as you know. Are they okay. hung with that little poster putty stuff in your room? <laughs> Are they on your yeah. fridge? <laughs> uh, I think a person can can be a great person and do a lot of really good things and still manage to say a few things occasionally that rub some people the wrong way. I think not that I would advocate that we have to be less sensitive in general. Maybe maybe a lot of the sensitivity that we're kind of displaying right now is totally necessary, but I think we we do need to be a little careful about not condemning over every little thing that people do. Yeah. There are some really egregious things that people have done and they deserve whatever, but yeah. Occasionally people just say stupid stuff. I mean, I feel like I've said stupid stuff on. We do it in all the, the last time. like yeah. half hour. I probably yeah, we, within the last hour and 18 minutes, uh, I'm sure I have, yes. Yeah. Yes. I can yeah. name six just <laughs> Oh, thanks. <laughs> yeah. See, you're really good at Could that. You're really good at uh, like uh, remembering well, and and uh, tearing people you, you hardly know down. Yeah, like it's it must be a lobbyist talent or something. <laughs> wow. wow, this is turning into wow. <laughs> no, um, I actually I'm an, wow. I'm I'm admirous of it. I think that's a, that's a really it's a really nice nifty neat trick you've got there. Now I'm gonna cry. That's Minnesota interesting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Minnesota. It's Iowa mean. If it's Minnesota nice, it's Iowa yeah. mean. <laughs> Because every every Iowan I know just mean, mean, mean. Well, we lost all our hey, listeners from okay. Iowa, so there we go. The, your uh, family's my out. My family did listen. Out. Yeah, yep. That was fun. I have a question. Thanks Here's a support. fun question for you that we ask some of our guests. Oh, yeah. Jim if does you, have a series of questions. I do, and I'm just only going to do well, I don't have them up. But anyways, if you could go back in time anywhere, where would you go? Hmm. Hmm, that is really This was question. actually a Sarah question. She's the one that... You know, I would probably go back. So after high school, I'm, so I mentioned the two foreign exchange students. Now, this oh. is back in time anywhere. Historical time. Oh, not, I thought you were talking about yeah. like oh, way. No, but, I, I, but, at the, but, 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 but at the same time, I would yeah. like to hear what you were going to do. So did now you want to correct a situation that you spots. did something wrong with the foreign exchange students? Did you hurt someone's feelings and you're going to go back and correct it? That's what no, I was getting. No, shockingly. Darn I did it. not. Uh, okay. I was not mean to anyone. <laughs> right. Uh, but I did for a, a short time after high school, I got invited to live in Spain uh, with the family of a girl that was a foreign exchange student in my high school and i did not uh seize, seize that, that follow opportunity up on it. as yeah. much as right. i could have um yeah i got the opportunity to live with them for three three months maybe wow um and her her dad was great when they picked me up from the airport in madrid he was like no more english like no more english which hurt for a long time like the only english was on the phone uh, with my mom and dad, uh, but I didn't, I didn't recognize what an opportunity it was to learn from the people I was around. I think I was so right. quickly in those yeah, situations. I, but I was seventeen, right? And so the world needed to revolve around me rather than me absorbing the world around. And sure. if I could in my life, I would go back to that right. time. Uh, any any period in time that mm -hmm. is a great question. I think um, I would probably go back to the turn of the previous century uh, in the early 1900s. Um, 
just because... I have to remember that we're now in the 21st century or whatever. Right. Yeah. Um, so early 1900s. My like, scientist brain is fascinated at this idea that there was so much being invented in the short period of time. And I think we talk right. a lot about now how things are evolving and the internet and technology and all of that. Um, but at that time, they were actually creating these things from scratch. They weren't right. kind of evolving on top of other things, which is also incredible in its own yeah, right. But right. Um, the idea that these things were brand new uh, yeah. to the world was right. These were like, to me like cool. tinkerers inventions. The like industrial like, right. revolution, would we say? Yeah. 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 <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, during those times, I mean, you know, you had massive unveiling of things. You I know? love those old... Uh, patent application things where you see like like someone was really thinking how can i make this and it, it's all mechanical stuff like mm-hmm. now not that there's not mechanical advancement happening now but it's all refining and fine-tuning of things that have kind of come along but yeah those those like detailed articulate drawings oh, yeah. of uh-huh. of the these, schematics yeah of these complex yeah. things that now they're like oh no you can wear that on your watch or, you know, it's like, like, yeah, it's nothing. Yeah. Like that, that's right here. Right. We, we made 7 trillion of them yesterday. Right. It's all super easy. Well, and it really is one of the markers of kind of the beginning of the rural urban divide, which is fascinating mm-hmm. to me. You know, it's where people didn't have to farm and kind of live off the land anymore. We were able to do it in a mass way. Right. Cars. We were able to go like we were able mm-hmm. to not be in our space anymore. Um, you know, radio, TV, all of those things that we use to communicate from afar yeah. and be separate from each other and that's okay. Like that was kind of the beginning of that. And to me that's just like, oh my gosh. Like That is really wow. an interesting time. Absolutely. Yeah. Can you imagine being on the farm and then like one day you get a radio and you're like yeah. Oh my God. We were talking you know, about like, this earlier. And I don't have a f- uh I should caution that I don't have a formed enough opinion or a formed enough thought about how to explain this, but like, Great. yeah, so, so <laughs> we'll, talking. yeah, so we'll yeah. just, we'll just go down the Raw. dead end road here. Yeah. I love it. Um, no, but like as, as a, for instance, this exercise of us recording a podcast, if you looked back at the advent of the radio, the, in order for you to have broadcast radio in the early 1900s, you would have needed a lot of equipment that was super highly technical at the time, um, a radio tower, this, these broadcasting abilities, and then people could have the radio in their home and they could listen to you. Now, uh, I, you know, technically, in theory, I could record a podcast and broadcast it out to the world, record it, save it, broadcast it out to the world from my cell phone or something like mm-hmm. that. And so the advancement there is not not the radio, the recording, but the the providing it to the masses. Right. It was only available to a limited number of people who were highly specialized, could do it in a certain way, and now you can give it to everyone. And mm-hmm. it, that was true of cameras, too, that used to be a guide or whatever it had to sit under the thing and pull the hood over and then do the one shot one shot at a time you know it was very highly specialized and then somewhere in the you know 40s or 50s it was like nope we can make film you can develop it same with television or the recording of 
of daily life in moving pictures with sound. All of a sudden, you got the eight millimeter film. Everyone can get it. They go home. They shoot home movies. That was sort of the revolution there, mm-hmm. and that's uh, it, so in relation to our Andlin app. Uh, it's not that we've reinvented anything. We're giving people. It's like the day that they said, 35 millimeter film is going to become something that everybody can have. Everybody can have a camera. You can record the moments of your life in a way that only prof- professionals were able to before. Mm-hmm. The Andalin app allows people to record the moments, the data of their life in a way that you had to. There were so many things you had to do before to make that happen in a real cohesive way. Now it's all in one place. Super easy. Here you go. Everyone can have it. So does that make sense? Yeah. I, you know, the thing I think that I think about is how now as new products are invented and just the thinking that you described, we're thinking more about how technology can try to, um, basically mend that broken fabric that we didn't think about how it was going to be devolved back then. Right. Like, so I completely did any, agree. Yeah, yeah. Did anyone understand that by, but each that one by of coming these... forward with the telephone that meant you no longer had to sit with your family at a dinner table to connect with them. It meant that you could be a hundred miles away, <laughs> but we didn't think about how you, keep the um the intimacy of that relationship right which is letter writing right you know so yeah which jim has aptly described as like the the advent of the internet and then the subsequent uh facebook and and social media stuff like we're kind of this consumption yeah and we're kind of in this hangover period where like like when you had when the first telephone came out or whatever maybe it started to erode that that fabric that family fabric but then at the same time as it became something that we adopted and used appropriately it's also a way to connect back to family across the country that you would never have had before so uh i think we're like when it comes to things like facebook and and kind of those social media platforms it's it breaks things apart at first and then later on, once you figure out like the hangover period's over, or the, mm-hmm. the fun of it, the shiny newness of it is done, then you can start to figure out like, all right, but how can we use these technologies to actually help people and fix things? And, yeah, and I, you know, you think a lot about how we want the advantages of these technologies. We want artificial intelligence to help us add value to our life. At the same time, we have to think about, you know, internet privacy and those sorts of things. And so I think, you know, what's interesting to me is the different considerations now. It's how can we use this technology, which we evidently want, but to protect Mm -hmm. our inner circle more. Right. Whereas when, you know, the very, very inception of a lot of these things were how can we get our story out? How can we share information right. out with very little regard for kind of protecting that nucleus? Yep. And yep. Yeah. yeah. And uh, we'll probably solve this. I know it's not right now. I think it's already I think solved. It's I think we did about, it. Well, I think we, yeah. we're, we're definitely pushing Someone. towards that because <laughs> <laughs> I think yeah. she meant that we solved it in this room. Oh, we did. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. we are I definitely. Think we're all on the same page. Yeah, I mean, this yeah. is happening right now. Yes. Um, <laughs> I think we're moving from the fourth to the fifth industrial revolution, like at this table. 
it's happened. You guys, such a lucky audience to be able to listen to, to something the this. Yeah. Paywall will <laughs> so be up tomorrow, so I would listen now. Thank you, all the Iowans and uh, and Elizabeth's family for for listening to us. And uh, we know we we lost Greg because. Sarah's not on this, but any anyone else who cares about us and has listened to this, thank you very much. We are we we've done a good another thirty minutes. We're sorry, so. Amber, for the bullying. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not sorry about that. I it's it's a kind of a thing between Amber and I. Like I, there's little things I like to do to just Let's sort of get under that. her skin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know. Let's, this is yeah. good she end. loves it. Yeah. I think <laughs> she's gonna cry. No, she's not. She's way, <laughs> she doesn't way cry. tougher than I am by far. Like, yeah. she could kick my ass. There's no doubt about it. Amber is an ass kicker, and I'm. I would just be. It would be done. The like ass. That. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway. All right. Good note. Uh, Good note. Elizabeth, Elizabeth Emerson. Thank you for coming. Thank you. Thank you very Thanks. much for coming in and talking. Been to a us. pleasure. Thanks. Yeah. All right. Awesome. Later. Bye. Bye. All right, everyone, thanks for listening. We love comments and feedback, so go ahead and let us have it. If you'd like to learn more about Andolin and other legacy projects, visit the website at andolin.app or kineticlegacy.us. Take care. Mm-hmm.